and welcome in to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Josh Barnett. As always, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues, best place to watch, uh, I guess, the semifinals at the moment. Uh, four, four pretty cracking games on the weekend, and it's nice to kind of watch other teams bash the shit out of each other without stressing about our West Tigers, I guess. But um, yeah, so get to West Ashfield if you want the best place to watch footy in Sydney this weekend and of course MG Pump Solutions we're uh, hoping Shane said he's promised Monday night I'm going to throw it out to the universe Shane said next Monday night he's going to uh, make time in his schedule to uh, to join us so a bit we'll see Shane before the uh, the season is out as I said previous episodes will go all the way to grand final so uh, plenty to talk about with West Tigers tonight I thought it'd be Especially with missing Thursday night. Apologies to everyone for, uh, and Sean Bloor for cancelling that last session. But uh, I still haven't um, fully recovered. I'm still a little bit uh, under the weather and haven't... Uh, I haven't... Let's put it this way. I haven't had a, a meal of food in like four or five days. So um, so apologies to everyone uh, there. But uh, yeah, moving on. If you can subscribe to our YouTube, shout out to everyone seen plenty of people uh, live streaming us at the moment. So even in the off-season, you guys are supporting us. Absolutely love it. And, uh, yeah, all the episodes are up there if you want to go back. Patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Um, sending the boys uh, and girls uh, vinyl stickers tonight, this week. So they've got some stickers printed or gone to the printers. So some uh, free stickers for the for the uh, the Patreon members. If you want to join us in the Discord, yeah, at uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife and follow us on the socials at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Righto. Uh, end of season survey. We'll get into that uh, after a bit of news. But boys, I haven't spoke to you in a week. Uh, sorry about that. But um, Rob, you were a bit under the weather previously, but um, you're, you're looking pretty handsome you got the camera back on tonight you're actually looking pretty fit as a fiddle tonight uh thanks josh hope you're feeling a lot better mate uh not fully recovered but uh on the way to getting very very healthy i've, I've made a few big changes uh in terms of my uh eating and what have you my health so it's going a lot faster than i thought and i am just a man on a mission right now mm. giving up the bread i hear I've, I've been, I've, I've, it's three weeks. I saw the doctor. Doctor said, now or never, you either make a move now or you don't. Said to drop 26 kegs, to be brutally honest. Wow. Uh, and I've already lost 10 and uh, it's been 20 days. That's so, crazy. That's insane. E- e- eating healthy, walking. I just, I've, I've just never had a willpower like this. So I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to use all the negativity and turn it into some positive energy. So yep. yeah, yeah, it's all going good so far. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be, I'll be close to my, well, I'll, I'll be at my goal weight by March, I reckon, but I'll be bloody close by the end of the year, hopefully. So ready for pre-season, pre-season training of Tim Sheens. Yeah, well, they're looking for a halfback. I'll be ready to play <laughs> halfback by then. And as, uh, Wow, all rugged up still. Is, is it cold out in Orange still? It's actually not too bad in Sydney. It's a little bit breezy in Sydney, but um, yeah, Orange still pretty uh, pretty cold. You got the M M&M and M get up still on tonight. 
Yeah, it it is actually. I think it's. Uh, I checked my phone not long before we went live, and it's only six degrees out there, but feels like wow. four or something because of a breeze. So. It does tend to stay cold out here mm. for a little bit longer than I'd like it to, but hopefully within the next few weeks it starts warming up and I don't have to go to bed looking like an Eskimo every night. <laughs> Get yourself an electric blanket. I haven't used one of those since I was a, a kid, but uh, I think yeah, that'd come in handy out there. <laughs> uh, getting to some news. Plenty's happened in the past week. We kind of just planned a <clears> bit <throat> of poll, uh, and that's it tonight but there's a few things to talk about uh firstly the stadium plans for next year so the club they haven't announced what they're doing but they've come out and said uh basically the the soccer world cup or the women's soccer world cup or football sorry for uh it's, it's offensive to say soccer now isn't it uh the football world cup for the women next year it's uh, it's going to take up Leichhardt Oval and possibly Campbelltown Stadium. So that starts 29th of June. So basically the West Tigers were thinking about going back to the suburban grounds and now during that time, uh, for at the very least, Leichhardt Oval is off. Yeah, it's basically going to be a training facility for the girls in the, uh, in the football. Uh, yeah, it literally it says simply put, this is in the West Tigers, uh, news story. Simply put, West Tigers <laughs> will not be playing home games at these venues during this period. So, uh, yeah, in our poll, we talk about um, a bit of a teaser for later. I talk about home grounds and suburban grounds were by far the most popular in those answers. So, uh, Rob, is this, this, I mean, there's not really much uh, we can do about it, but yeah, what do you think the club the club will do in terms of uh, where where they'll play during that time? Uh, yeah, I guess in the middle of, middle of winter. Well, I, I guess if we can't have our, our you know both our home grounds, I mean I don't know. Does that mean we get all our home gra- home games at the start of the year and then miss out the back half of the year? It's going to be a bit weird. But I, I guess if we can't use Leichhardt and or Campbelltown then we're probably going to do what we've done for the last 10 years or so and, and look for some financial arrangement with Combank or, or one of the other grounds, maybe Acor mm. or something like that, uh, you know, whatever whatever you call the SFS these days. So, yeah, I, I guess... Allianz, yeah. Allianz. I guess we're just going to have to move somewhere mm. else. Hopefully we can get some, you know, financial uh, remuneration for it and make it worth our while. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it might be a core... Uh, slash Homebush. What do you think, As? Yeah, I agree. I think they'll probably they'll probably go with a core um, since we were there before and having stopped the renovations and everything. I don't think it would be a terrible idea to go back there. You you kind of get a bit of an emptier stadium, but you can still fit more people in there than you can in um in Combank, and it's not too bad to get to and from. Mm. Traffic can be a bit of a pain in the backside at times yeah. but the the car parks there like multiple car parks make it a lot easier to get into and out of than the other stadiums do i was at the scg for the roosters game and yeah more they've, parks. they've really only got that um that car park off of driver avenue which is not a whole lot um and if you don't get out quick enough then you can really really get stuck in a log jam so are you still parking on the means more is he, are you still parking on the grass on the cricket field for more park? Um, I don't know if it's the 
cricket field, but it, it's um, you come off of Anzac Parade and into Driver Avenue, and then there's the car park in there. Um, yeah, like on the grass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they spent all that money on a stadium. They didn't build a car park. Pretty much. Yeah. You know what I understand that people don't. I'm not an engineer. I don't know if this would actually work. But when they build a stadium from brand new. Wouldn't it make sense to build a car park underneath the stadium? So when you get out of your car, you're getting a lift and you're straight up to the stadium. Like, why can't we do that with shopping centers? Maybe it's too much weight. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. Maybe that'd be too much concrete or something. But someone a lot smarter could probably shut that down. But, um, yeah, the fact that I guess they're just relying on people to get the light rail and buses to the ground. But, yeah, I can walk to Homebush. So selfishly, I hope they do play. Um, at Homebush, so we'll see. Park we'll see what happens. Place. But yet, I think, um, yeah, come park, park at my place. Uh, I think it'll be Homebush because it's we don't want to play it. Par- I, I can't see us playing at Parramatta. They want to get out of there, but we still want to play in Western Sydney. I don't think when we did play at the SFS uh, during our glory run in 2010, 2011. But um, yeah, I think. This is pure hunch. I have no intel or anything, but my, my guess would be Homebush. So uh, it's also, Angus said, as you said as well, the parking, but it's also the easiest to get to um, from anywhere in Sydney. The M4 links up to the the M7. So no matter where you live in Sydney, it's pretty easy uh, to get to. Grab a refreshing tap beer from just $5.80 with your mates at West Ashfield while you enjoy the blockbuster final weekend live and loud from their sports bar and lounge. Uh, the Australian Poker League, or the APL, they'll be running poker at West Ashfield from Monday to Thursday, commencing uh, tonight, as in uh, Monday the 12th of September, and that runs from 10pm to 2 in the morning. So if you love your poker, I know uh, my co-host Mr. Bashara is uh, big on the poker, so if you love your poker... Head to West Ashfield, um, yeah, Monday to Thursdays. Uh, enjoy responsibly. West Ashfield, they are at 115 Liverpool Road, Ashfield. For more information, visit West Ashfield's website, westashfield.com.au, or give them a follow on the socials on Facebook or Instagram at West Ashfield. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Kelly Barnes Awards were... Last week, I think, what was it? Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. So the awards given out to Joe Offengali won the Kelly Barnes Award for Best Player of the Year. Dane Laurie won Player's Player. Uh, Fanua Pole won Rookie of the Year. Uh, Luke Garner won the Wayne Pierce Community Award. New South Wales Cup Player of the Year was Tom Freebarn. Uh, Nevada George was Harvey Norman Player. Keely Brown was Harvey Norman Player's Player. And Scotty Prince and Pat Richards were inducted to be uh, life members. Um, yeah, so I hope everyone had a good night there. So, um, yeah, saw plenty of pictures of everyone doled up. Uh, actually, I don't even know what. No, was that La Montage again this year? I don't even know. Probably I should was. look. Yeah. Probably was. I don't know, but it probably was. I could, I could, I should have looked at that. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, in other news, Rob Stradamus, you called this one, I reckon, on the show maybe two months ago. David Ferner confirmed to the coaching staff um, for yeah from next season. So 
yeah, about two months ago, you reckon, Rob? Month or, it was at least a month uh, ago. That... Probably six weeks ago. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, forget David Ferner's record. It's just if Tim Sheens wants to pick who he wants around him, then, then he's got his man. So uh, as long as Sheens is happy, I guess we just have to be happy with it. Uh, Shouts JM445. I forgot to mention Junior Polgar was New South Wales Cups player, player. Thanks, man. That's why live show is so good. People correct my mistakes live. Um, Jock Madden is going to the Broncos, not the Panthers. So it was pretty much a done deal to go to the Panthers. This uh, was a very, yeah, random thing. I think it broke Friday night, possibly. But as, yeah, this catch you off guard, this news about Jock not going to the Panthers and said going in a state. Yeah, it does. Like you said, it, it seemed like it was a done deal, like he was he was going to be there playing behind Cleary. But then I started thinking about it and I kind of thought, well, it kind of makes more sense to go to a club like the Broncos. Don't know how far away um, Adam Reynolds is for retiring, but if you go behind, if you go to play behind a player like Renault, Hmm. Um, who's getting towards the back end of his career, then potentially less waiting time before you take take that player's place. Because um, if he went to the Panthers, he's guaranteed maybe, what, four games a year, five, hmm. maybe six if he's lucky. And clear he's not um, going anywhere. Exactly. Hmm. So it, it does make a bit more sense f- for him to go to a club where he's more than likely to maybe not get that much game time in the short term, but in the long run, probably works out better for him. Uh, any thoughts on this, Rob? No, I, think, I think it's the perfect move for Jock Madden. Absolutely mm. perfect move. Reynolds is on his last contract. Um, there'll be times as well that Reynolds will be out injured or yeah. you know, or whatever the case may be. It grooms Jock uh, under a great halfback as well. And he'll be prime by the time first grade comes around. So I actually, I was shocked by the move, but Instantly, when I thought about it, I thought, well, you know, as Aaron said, like he's going to be behind Cleary for what another ten years. It makes no sense um, unless Nathan comes out with a TikTok video or, or body slams another player. He's not going to miss any games except Origin. So, yeah, yeah, good for good for Jock, and I wish him all the best. Yeah, and uh, Adam Reynolds has two years left. He's off contract after twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's mm. it, and that's probably the end of his you know run too. You'd have to say. Yeah. Uh... Speaking of injuries, so Jacob Little was reportedly going to the Dragons, but it's come out tonight that apparently uh, there's a rumour that he's failed his medical uh, testing for the Dragons. So he may actually, in fact, be still contracted to the West Tigers. And by the sounds of it, if that's the case, Rob, uh, no one is going to be on our books no matter what. So poor Jakey Little can't can't take a trick but um yeah my thoughts when i read this was did the west tigers know about this and this is why they're trying to get rid of him or have we just completely missed something with jacob's health oh look we'd only be speculating josh um Mm. perhaps the dragon's medical tests are different to our medical tests what what i would ask is why did we extend his contract if he's failed someone else's medical like we, we extended it what a year ago um, so it's a little bit disturbing, but, um, you know, like I say, they might have higher standards in their medical testing to ours. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I mean, he plays first grade, he plays New South Wales Cup at 
he seems to get through most of the game. He doesn't hobble or anything like that. So I'm just curious if that failing of the test is to do with his knee or whether it's to do with something else. But um, look, if he's failed their test, I, I guess he won't pass any other club's test. So um, we're stuck with him. But it's interesting because, you know, we've got uh, Rua there. We're probably going to extend uh, New Brown, hopefully. So I, I just feel like he's going to be sort of stuck in New South Wales Cup, unfortunately, for him. Uh, as your thoughts yeah. on, yeah, there's a lot of hookers uh, on our on our roster at the moment. Yeah, like I said to you guys off air, apparently you can never have too many hookers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't know how how he'd fit into the into the team going forward. Like Rob said, he mentioned a couple names there, and then you've got um, Simkin as well. And yeah, there's just it's a lot of depth in a position that doesn't need as much depth as we seem to have. Um, it and I'm. I feel bad for the poor kid, but he has had that horrible injury run. He's had issues with both of his shoulders. He's had issues with his knees. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know. Who Maybe having Rob around the club in more of a um, coaching role might be good for him. Um, he's probably the best hooker the club. Well, he's definitely the best hooker the club's ever had. So having him in a coaching role more than what he's been doing this season might be good for Jake. I don't know. I'd, I'm really unsure about how the whole thing plays out, but it's a mm. bit of a shame we couldn't get him off our books and maybe spend that money trying to trying to get another player in a different position. Would you think, it, guys, if, if we're stuck with him, that that means we're definitely getting rid of Jake Simkin? Because, like, as you said, Aaron, too many hookers. Mm. They're, they're probably going to have to try to, to be honest, because I don't yeah. think they want to get rid of Rua. Um, yeah. We haven't re-signed no. New yet, have we? But we're trying to. Is that what you said I, before? I feel like, you know, well, he's obviously... He, New has made his intentions clear that he wants to stay at Tiger. So I would assume... And the rumor, the rumor is that that's going to... New Brown is going to get a deal. You think he um, would. His, his efforts yeah. have been good. He, even, you know, playing at lock, undersized, he, he still, you know, gave a wholehearted effort there. So I think New Brown's definitely done enough uh, to say he's warranted in our squad. Um, yeah, so I, I think New Brown will be, you know, playing deputy to Abby next year for sure. And then there's Rua. Didn't we? Did we re-sign Rua at the start of the year or late last year or something? Uh, yeah, he did get extended. I'm pretty sure. Um, cool little comment on Facebook. Grant had a mate message me today. He was at a cafe. Sitting next to him were Benji, along with two other people, having a coffee and chat with Tyson Frizzell. Uh, I know they're mates from when they played at the Dragons together. I uh, I would love Tyson Brazil. I know he's on his last legs, but I think it's I think it's even I think he's better at the moment than even James Talmel was when he came to us. So, uh, yeah, I what would your thoughts be on getting Brazil? We kind of touched on it a couple of weeks ago with a rumor, but that'd be a good little signing for us as. Yeah, it would be. We definitely need a bit more depth in the forwards. Um, having lost the players we have, like losing Tamo, obviously he's a front row forward. Frizzell's more of a second rower. Um, but we've obviously lost Garner. We've lost Kelma. Uh, we lost Luch mid-season as well. And we're, we're going to have Papali'i there. But we're also going to have Bloor. But he's coming off an entire season of no footy at all. Um, and that's not going to be easy for him to get back mm. into it. As, as good as I think he will be for the club. Um, I feel like we definitely need 
an extra player in that position because uh, he's not going to come straight into it. He might have the the off the bench role to start the season potentially, or maybe come back in reserve grade. So if if we've got Frizzell, then that really bolsters the numbers in the second row in particular and um, puts a bit of pressure on on your man Bloor to to get right and have a have a really good really really good um, preseason to try and prove that he's he's up for the spot after over a year of not playing any footy. Uh, shouts to Carla commenting in the live stream. Happy birthday, Carla! Watching us on your birthday. It, uh, I think there'd be better things way to celebrate your birthday, but we uh, appreciate your support as always. Uh, right, a last little news that uh, dropped. I guess it's just an article on News Limited by Brent Reed, David Riccio, and Michael Carri. Carri- how do you pronounce his name? Carianus. Carianus, thank you. Um, it's just kind of like an end of season West Tigers review thing, but they got a quote from. I'm assuming that they got it. So normally, when an outlet gets a quote from someone, they say "told" and they quote themselves, but they just said "said." So I'm not too sure. But this is literally the only place I could find on the internet that had these quotes from Lee. Um, yeah, which is what makes it actually interesting. So Lee said, we can't put any positive spin on it, talking about as in this season. It was a disastrous as far as re- it, it was disastrous as far as re- results are concerned. I recently spoke at the Kelly Barnes Award and preferred my apologies and regret to all our stakeholders, including our corporate partners and fans and members. I think this year's results were inevitable in the sense that it was the nadir of the last four years. God, he's talking like Shakespeare. Uh, if you look at the last four years, we have gone 9th, 11th, 13th, and 16th. We have now drawn a line in the sand, and this is a line in the sand moment. We have taken stock of who we are, what our identity is, what we have to do moving forward. There is a massive injection of Tiger's DNA into the club of Tim and Benji and Robbie. Benji has uh, double J in there. If anyone News Limited is listening, you need to fix that typo. Uh, what we need to do is take one step forward on what may be a long journey, but we have to work our way out of this, and I'm confident we will. Rob Bashara, what does that all mean? <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into the <clears throat> Lee bashing too much. I've had a good little week or so since our season's ended, and I'm in a very good, healthy state at the moment. Uh, look, he's totally contradicting himself there. If you go further in that article, Josh, he actually says they've got no regrets on the timing of sacking Madge Maguire, yet he says at the same time, we are not happy with how the results turned out. So I, I think the one truthful thing he said was, you know, that, you know, he's sorry for the year and he's apologised, but if you, why would you apologise if you haven't done anything wrong? Okay, all... Everything that led to this, I know people say the players do the tackling and the coaches do the coaching, et cetera, et cetera. Every decision made by upper management has led to the place we're in now. We, we are in gradual decline since Lee took over as chairman. That's just a fact. Okay, since he's taken over, we've gone 9th, 11th, 13th, not 16th. 16th is sugarcoating it, Josh. We came last. We came last and we got our ass kicked at our home ground in our last game down 42-0 at halftime like men against boys. So I, I'm very happy, and I told you guys this privately, I'm very happy that he acknowledges the fans because 
there was a time earlier in the year he had an incident and he didn't acknowledge fans because they weren't putting their con uh, financial contribution in. So mm -hmm. I'm very happy that he acknowledges the fans now as well as his corporate uh, buddies and all that sort of stuff. But it's just Lee being Lee. I mean, I, I just think we don't need to hear from Lee now. It'd, it'd be wonderful if the line is drawn in the sand. I hope we move forward, whether it's one little step or two little steps. But we, you know, in terms of our footy guys, we need we need a roster overhaul. Tyson Frizzell, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Josh, he'd be perfect for us, man. We, we've mm. got a paper, we've got a paper mache defence. We need a bloke with a bit of grunt. I'd, even even on ball tyres, he'd be better than what we've got. You, you put Frizzell in there and Papali'i and you know Bloor, like even Bloor could go in the middle if he had to, if, you know, to make room for the starters. Big Stefano there, Alex Twole, who hasn't missed a tackle since Gary Jack retired. Like you got, you start getting a bit of grunt in that forward pack. We we just need to stiffen up our pack. That's the the very first thing because we just get rolled by every team we play. So I hope it is a line in the sand. I don't know if we've hit rock bottom yet, Josh. To be honest, but you know, unfortunately, look, we we do have to all stick together. And and the the Lee bashing and the Pasco bashing, it's not going to get us anywhere. But at the end of the day. Those two men have failed us and they shouldn't be part of our club anymore. They, they just haven't been capable of getting success. And and this DNA, Tigers DNA stuff, that was a last-minute flip because we lost Seraldo. You know, so I, I really don't have any faith in them. I, I feel like it's their Hail Mary uh, trying to find success. I support – I'm not a fan of Sheens, but I'm going to support Sheens, Benji and, and Robbie. I hope they do well. I, I hope Sheens is gone sooner rather than later. Um, but it, it's definitely a long rebuild, guys. If we don't find the immediate players to make an impact, it, it is a three- to five-year build, and hopefully it'll be worth the wait. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope we do the right things from the, from the ground up and, and put the systems in place so that our guys know what they're doing when they come into first grade and they're just ready to go and, you know, know what their role is and know where to stand in the field of play from dropouts and, and the little basics. We just need to get all those one percenters right that... Hopefully it's onwards and upwards, guys. But, you know, as Aaron jokingly said last year, we, we can go down a step next year and end up 17th. So it might not be rock it might not be rock bottom yet, but I'm just not going to take my footy as seriously as I've taken it in the past, guys. I just want to enjoy it a bit more and, and be more of a general NRL observer because I've been hurt too much by what this club has put our, our whole supporter base through and and Look, I've personally attacked them, but the personal attacks back haven't been great for me as well. So, um, you know, we'll just see what next season holds. Yeah, I, th I think next season. I still feel like next season will be better, purely based on who we're missing from our squad this year. I, I still... Well, I let, let's, hope, let's I, hope I think we're here at rock bottom. Let, let's hope it's better. But there's, no, there's no guarantee that we'll make the eight. As, as yeah. I said the other week, last week, I think in our 11 finals that we've missed, the Wooden Spoon has made, you know, the finals once out of 11. And, you know, it's a little bit of Sheen's bashing, but I'm just going to be blatant about this. We won the premiership in 2005. We had the best team in the comp, and we didn't make the finals for the next four years. Mm. So where is... Benji's shoulder was part of that. I, I, okay, I get that. But the well, we still had a few players change. And lost yeah, Prince. Scott, Scotty Prince left a year after that and all that sort of stuff. But the point is... Where, how do we expect Sheens to take a team from 16th to the finals when he couldn't take a team from first to the finals for four years in a row? So, you know, I think – and the good thing that I'm accepting now is I think as a whole fan base, we shouldn't expect 
any success the next couple of years because Sheens has said it himself. He said it privately and publicly that we're two to three years away and Sheens is going to be coached for two years. So it, it is going to be a slow build. I just hope as a supporter that we get a bit of resolve in our defence. We don't get these 42 nil half times and 72 to sixes or whatever they were against the Roosters. And we get our moments like the Hastings winning field goal and the, and the, and the Brooksy winning field goal. And, and we just get a few more of those good moments to get rid of all the bad stuff, you know, because it, it just makes it a little bit more tolerable. But the ultimate goal, I just want to go in against every team knowing we've got a chance of winning it. And right now it just seems miles away that we could say play the Roosters, for example, who got, who got knocked out basically seventh. I don't think we could play the Roosters next year and stand a chance of winning unless there's a big change in that attitude, that team and, and the performance. So, look, I, I hope it all turns around. But if it, if it doesn't, it doesn't. And just finally, happy birthday, Carly. You've been a great supporter to the show and me privately and everything like that. So, hope you had a great day and wishing you many happy returns. Uh, right, we'll go on to the uh, title of the episode, on to our poll. So, Looking, we've had 115 entries, so thank you to all 115 of you, including the two men on the show tonight. I think you guys submitted answers yourself. So our first question off the top was about Coach Michael Maguire. So we had a similar question last year, um, whether or not, and he had a lot of support then. So the options were... uh, shouldn't have been sacked, should have been sacked at the end of 2022, should have been sacked at the end of 2021 or earlier, or unsure. So with 47.8% was should have been sacked at the end of this season, so should have been given at the end of this year. Uh, 28.7% said should have been sacked at the end of 2021 or earlier, and then 17% said shouldn't have been sacked at all. So uh, that's what... Uh, if I add those two together, about 64% were pro match and then 28% uh, against match. As what were your, what was your answer here? Yeah, this this one was a tough one for me. Um, first of all, happy birthday, Carla. You've been around for a while, and I'm glad that I get to chat with other supporters of the show and and the club like you. So I hope you had a fantastic day. Lucky there were no tigers to ruin it for you, but then uh-huh. you come and spend your night with us. So we the appreciate being it. a September baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a March. I'm a March baby, so I'm at the other end yeah, of the season. Too. I uh, I get my birthday out of the way just before the season starts. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm usually around round three, my or sometimes Easter. So um, we yeah, so it, it can be it can go either way. 2018, yeah. 2018, I think it was, my birthday was on the day of the season opener, which I That's believe cool. was Dragons versus Broncos. So that, I think it was that year. Anyway, back to the back to the survey. Um, obviously, everyone knows last year I was pretty pro-Madge. Um, I, I love the bloke as a coach. I think he's the sort of bloke the team needed to have around. But... When I was looking, when I was reading the survey, um, after suggesting this be a question in the survey, I I settled on unsure, and the main reason why is because I was tossing up between two different sort of ideas. Um, I felt like he deserved to have the chance to coach the blokes that he had signed for next year, but in the at in the same sentiment, um, 
the results just weren't coming. You you start the season zero and five, and obviously it's all it's a lot more on the players than it is on the coach. But the the noise doesn't die down if the around the coach if the club doesn't start winning. Obviously, we continue to not win after he was sacked. But I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm really on the fence about it because I can I can really see and get behind both schools of thought. I always wanted him to have the chance to to coach the guys um, that he signed for next year, but we really needed more results than or better results than what we got, especially in the first half of the year. Yeah, uh, good comment from where was it? Uh, Benjamin saying that it had, his sacking ripped the heart out of the team. And I I agree with that. I think on a personal level. Uh, the guys, the guys in the team that loved him, and that happening definitely had some sort of mental toll. Plus, the season was already finished, so you do that to them when they've got nothing to play for, then that kind of just spiraled. So, uh, whether it's a chicken and the egg sort of situation there, but uh, yeah, in hindsight, maybe, and I think Rob might agree that in hindsight, maybe the end of last year. A clean start would have been would have made more sense because um, we're hearing things too. We've, we've talked about in the show how Latrell basically was scared off his contract because he didn't want to play for Madge. Uh, I even heard a whisper that Papa Lee was actually worried about playing for Madge as opposed to the excuse that he apparently made up in terms of Madge being sacked was an excuse to get out of the contract. Apparently, it was actually the other way around that they had to convince him to play for Madge. So, um, yeah, on a human level, as you said, as he was a good bloke. But, um, yeah, I guess in hindsight, maybe he wasn't the person of the job. What's your thoughts in hindsight, Rob? Oh, Josh, I've got so many differing views on this for multiple reasons. I, I voted the end of 22, okay, that he should have been sacked. In hindsight, he should have been sacked at the end of last year, 100%. And, and I've got multiple reasons for that. One, he wasn't supported by our management. Um, it was pretty common knowledge from within the club four to six weeks prior to his sacking, which is basically the start of the year, that we were looking for the development coach. So... I, I could be wrong here, but I feel like he got a stay of execution because we couldn't sand, land Seraldo at the end of the previous year. Uh, I agree with the comment about it ripped the heart out of the out of the team because from that from that aspect, you got a guy like Maguire. The, the thing I loved about Maguire is he actually got what it meant to be a West Tiger. He really got it. Like from a guy that coached South, he just absorbed what it meant to be a West Tiger and well to me anyway because his passion was how I feel like the way he watched the game as a coach is how I watched it but but I accept all the points that have come up on the screen Josh he's you know uh the way he used our subs was terrible the way we ad ad adapt our game plans were terrible um there were quite a number of things with his technical aspects of coaching that weren't good I've heard from within the club he didn't delegate he wanted to do everything himself and this is like even with stuff that's totally out of his boundary. He just didn't let people do their jobs. He had to have a hand on everything. So if I, if I like, with the benefit of hindsight, we should have got rid mm. of him in the last year, okay? But I supported the guy. 
I wanted him to keep going. Uh, there is that aspect that he couldn't attract players. Um, I'm assuming he was fine with Appy, but it was our previous football uh, director that got sacked at the end of last year. He's the guy that his relationship with um, Isaiah Papali, his manager, is what secured his services to the West Tigers. So, look, I, I have mixed emotions. I, I feel like all those answers were right to a degree. Um, at the end of last year, when you asked in the survey, will Michael Maguire be the coach at the end of this year, I actually wrote unsure because I just knew that if we got off to an 0-5, 0-6 start, which we actually got off to an 0-5 start, that he was gone. And, and I felt that. But even after we'd won those couple of games in a row against last year's grand finalists and semi-finalists, I was still being told Madge is gone. And I just thought, how can a coach work for an organisation and, you know, just not his future is not secure no matter how many games he wins? It just really didn't sit well with me. And I think mm. the other thing in terms of our season going apart, Josh, when you sack like – as delusional as Maguire might have been that he had a great squad because he believed in his players, that when you sack the coach who believes in those players, then you're basically indirectly sending a message to those players, you're shit, you're not good enough, we're not happy with you guys. And then it all unraveled from there. We had, hmm. you know, Luciano Leilua tanking and, you know, we obviously took the benefits of getting rid of Luch and getting rid of Noffer and getting rid of Gildart for all our salary cap thing, which is fine. But it just it just unhinged the season totally, guys. We 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 lost a few games in a row that we should have won easily. Manly and New Zealand and Canterbury and and stuff like that. It, it it's you know I I don't think we had to go through that pain, Josh. So I'm I'm a big believer in where, if match had to go, it shouldn't have been mid season. That that is the one thing that like what was absolutely wrong was sacking in mid season. No one won out of it. We didn't even secure our next coach at that stage. Everything that's happened since is just a bloody fluke. It really is. It's just been mishmashed together. And yet, West Tigers DNA, three blokes. This is where we're going. And but but you know, in effect, we've got a, a, a an NRL coach that hasn't coached for ten years, and we've got two blokes that haven't coached an NRL team in our lives. But they're West Tigers DNA, so we've just got to put our faith in them. But I just think the whole thing was a terrible year, and it was it's a reflection of our organisation. There's there was just no careful planning. And I know you have to adjust on the run sometimes, but it absolutely unhinged our season. And I just don't. If you had a, if you had a question, did the mid-season sacking unhinge our season? I think you'd get at least eighty percent saying yes. We it did. Yeah, that wasn't a question, but uh, it, yeah, totally agree with that. So next question is best player in the back line this season. Uh, someone only pointed out. This afternoon to me, I actually left Jacko out of both. I think I meant to put him, um, put him in both, and for some reason, I totally forgot to add him in both. So, uh, yeah, a pretty pretty big guy to leave out. He's in the fa- the favorite ones. Like I put him in the, the the whole squad list, but I think part of me was like, oh, I'll put him in the forwards, and then forgot him to put him in the forwards. But it was kind of hard because he played kind of. 50-50 across the two. So Kemba Marlowe got 50% of the votes uh, for best player in the back line. Uh, after that was Dane Laurie, 31% or 31.6. After that was Adam Dwayhe, 13.2. And then Naden got f- uh, 4.4%. As what did you vote for in our best player in the back line? Yeah, I went Mamalo based on the 
the games he played, the consistency he showed. I I would have liked to have put Adam Dwayhe, but he didn't play as much as Kenny did, and Kenny was pretty consistent most of the way through. He had a couple of poor games, like the one against the first one against the Sharks, where he he just watched a ball trickle over the sideline, didn't try to pick it up or anything like that. Bit of laziness in there, but yeah, I he was um, he was definitely our our most consistent throughout the season. Uh, Rob, yeah, I voted Mamalo as well. I think even if you put Jacko in there, you definitely would have got a lot of votes for Jacko. But I don't think he played enough games at halfback. Um, and obviously he missed a few games with suspension and, and got injured later in the year. So uh, definitely Mamalo for me. Adam didn't play enough games. I mean, he only started at 5-8 the last eight weeks, basically. So, um, yeah, I, I think Mamalo, hands down, was our best back, even though Dane Laurie got our reward as player of the year. But, yeah, mm. um, yeah, I thought Mamalo, hands down, was he, he had a fantastic season. Very, very happy with what he produced. Uh, most improved backline player uh, this year. Uh, this one surprised me a little bit. Kepa Owa won this one with 36%. Uh, after that was Kemba Marlowe, 158 uh, Naden, 14%. Uh, and then a couple of other, uh, 9.6% Jock Madden. So, uh, yeah, boys, that, that one... Shocked me a little bit, but I guess when you say most improved, it kind of guys like Mamalo, Naden, um, they're already established players, so maybe that's how people read that question. Uh, what did you put as? I I actually went and put Jimmy Roberts. Um, I think I learned to well, not really learnt, but took a bit of inspiration from Rob when we were doing the the player reviews a few weeks back and how Jimmy had improved this season and like comparatively to previous seasons. So yeah, I, I went with a very, very slim slice of the pie there, I think, which uh, I I actually didn't really think too much about Kepa Oa because he had a pretty, he had an all right season, but he kind of, I don't know. He, I guess it make I guess it makes sense to, to say Kepa Oa, but yeah, I, I personally thought, um, thanks to Rob Stradamus over there, that um, I'd said I'd send my vote over to Jimmy Roberts. What about you, Rob? <laughs> You'll laugh, actually probably laugh. I, I almost voted Jimmy Roberts, but I, I really thought about. It. I thought who's improved the most. There were quite a number that improved. No offense to Kapoa, but the only way was up for him compared to last year. So he could only get better. Really, if he got worse, we were in trouble. Um, I actually put Mamalo. I don't think Mamalo was that good last year. Like, he, he's finished off a few tries. He still mm. let balls go over the sideline. He was a, a late signing. He, he really hadn't shown much leadership. And I don't know if it was the captaincy thing or, the, you know, the five-man captaincy that uh, produced better results. But I, I just thought he was that elite that it still was a significant improvement. But but I, yeah. I can accept all those others that have voted, you know, for, for other people because they certainly did improve all those other players. But... I still went with Mamalo. I just thought he was that elite. I didn't think that much of him last year, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Right, most disappointing player in the back line this season. Poor Ollie Gildart got 41.7% the vote. 23.5% went to Brooksy. 16.5% uh, went to David Nofaluma. So the two guys that got traded at the end of the season basically... Uh, or loaned, sorry, not traded, 
Uh, Stafford Toa, 5.2%. And then Dane Laurie, 5.2%, which, um, yeah, six people voted for Dane Laurie somehow, even though he won our Player of the Year award. Uh, Rob, will let you go first on this one. Ollie Gildart got number one. What did you put? Yeah, I, I put Ollie Gildart mainly for the reason I know he came from English Super League, but he's an international player. So I, I was I was probably more hopeful than expecting, but I was I really was hopeful he would just be something special in the back line. Um, he, he failed miserably, uh, and yeah, I don't I don't mean that in a bad way because I actually think the guy's got enormous potential. I just think he really needs a coach that can sit down with him watch a lot of video with him, show him how to read a block play, you know, show him what to do and, and and also what he should do when he's got the ball in the clear. I just think he looked like a deer in headlights a couple of times when he he actually got made some clean breaks, in particular at Campbelltown. I remember a couple of different games and he just took the wrong option every time. So I think the guy can play. I think he's got really good footwork. I, I just think he's got a lot of development to do. So if someone can really... Get, get their hands on him and sit down with him and work with him personally. I think he can become a really good player, but he was hugely disappointing because we need centres and, like, I think that's our biggest hole and and he didn't fill that hole, unfortunately. Who'd you put, as? Yeah, I went Noffa um, purely from a standpoint where he just, it was the off-field stuff for me that just made mm. it a pretty poor season from him. Um, he's gone over to Melbourne. He's played a final now, but he ha- still hasn't won one. Um, it's it's really hard to see how much better that's going to have made him, but I'm very curious to see when he comes back the effect it has. I hope that he can be one of the more improved players of um, next year, uh, with, really with the off-field stuff as well as efforts on the field as well. He had a couple of really strong games, like the, the game against uh, the Eels that we won, probably one of his better games. Uh, he's always going to put in some effort to score some tries. But the Nofaluma that we saw playing for Samoa in that rep round, we didn't see that Nofaluma for the Tigers this year. And to me, that was what was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, people talk about that rep round, but he was playing against the Cook Islands. Was he like... Yeah, it's hard. I think it's hard to tell when he's um, yeah playing against that opposition. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, in terms of passion and... Uh, that sort of thing. I yeah, you made a pretty good argument. Um, but even for the storm, Josh, like he 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 tried his ass off, you know, on Saturday afternoon. But he made a huge error going for a bomb. Like uh, tried to override Cameron Munster, and that, that basically turned the game on its head right there. Like mm. he's he's got he's got to play a lot smarter. There's there's no questioning how hard he runs or how hard he tackles, but he's just got to be a bit smarter about his play. One, uh, and another one of Canberra's tries was because he was nowhere to be found on his wing. He had come in so far field that um, his centre, there was nothing they could do. Yeah, you, the wingers follow the centres a lot, though. You know, that, that, well, that, so they claim these days anyway. But, yeah, I, I hear you. But, I mean, it was the same with South on the weekend. Uh, Tane Milne looked like he had an allergy to the sideline. Like he was standing right <laughs> next to Campbell. Like he was standing next to Campbell Graham. And, you know, Bruce has scored on his wing with down a man. Like... I, I just don't. I just don't get these defensive systems. Sometimes, seriously, you got to, you're a man up, and you and they put an overlap on you. It's just ridiculous. Another little thing I've noticed with wingers too. Do you find them that because they're so good at the corner post now, 
a lot of them don't come back in or don't try and get the ball back inside. They kind of uh, just see a lot of wingers going over the sidelines a lot now. Am I am I like delusional here? Or do you notice that wingers just like um, and even like when a center's running out of room, a winger does doesn't know to come inside and take the ball kind of away from the sideline. Just am I? No, no, I, I see that yeah. occasionally. I, I, I think you also find too when when they pin their ears for the corner and they look like they're not going to make it. You're seeing quite a few, for example, like someone's running to the right corner post. You see the the right winger do that grubber kick inside and 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 even yeah. for themselves. And you see that quite a bit. But yeah, I, I, it's pretty hard running away from your centre and then turning that ball back inside when you've got cover defence coming between you and your support player as well. So yeah. I, I think, it, you know, like, you know, it's, it's easy It's easy from our lounge room, Josh. Yeah, I could do it. Uh, <laughs> Couch coaches. Yeah. yeah, I could do it. I did it in Oztag. Uh Best player in the forwards for 2022, 92.9% of the votes went to Joe <laughs> Offengawi. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, Luke Garner got 3.5%. He was the next... Next highest, and then a vote for or two votes for Twally, uh, who only played what half the season, and then uh, for Noel Poles, um, Mum must have put in a vote for him, <laughs> and same with New Brown. So um, yeah, pretty pretty easy one there, as yeah for sure. Um, he he was the um, the award winner, the Kelly Barnes Award winner for a, a very very good reason. I kept saying it all through the season that ever since that Sharks game, that first one, he he just put the team on his back. He carried us um, almost every week. It's a shame we didn't get that many wins for him. Even in the game where we got smashed against the Roosters in his 150th, he still played a pretty solid game. And yeah, he he took a he took on a much more of a leadership role in the forward pack. And now that he's re-signed, I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the team going forward. Yeah, do you expect Rob? Do you expect Joe to go back to? Who's uh, our best forward this year? But he's probably going to change positions next year. Uh, honestly, I don't even know if he'll start next year. If, if our forward pack looks how I want it to look, mm. um, look, I, he's clearly the best forward. I reckon Twally would have given him a run for his money if he didn't get injured, for the mm. simple reason that Twally was actually starting to show a little tiny bit in attack, and his defence is second to none. So yeah, but it, it was hands down, Joffa. Like he, he was there all year basically, and uh, you know, led with his mouth, led with his actions, and yeah, he, it, he was just a, you know, it was great to have him on board. Could have been a lot, lot worse. I know we were still going to finish last, but we could have copped some drubbings without him there. Mm, for sure, uh, most improved forward. So Fenua Pole got forty-two point one percent of the vote. How many, how many games did he play by the end? Uh, ten, I think. Eight or nine? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's a fair uh, sample size, I guess. To go from uh, being a reserve grader to a consistent first grader from your debut is def- the definition of improved. So, uh, Joe McGowie got twenty three point seven percent, eleven point four percent for New Brown, and eleven point four percent for for Twally. Um, yeah. Surprise at Swole. Got vote. I mean, he was good, but he, yeah. I guess it's easy to forget how good he was early in the year. But um, yeah, it de- de- depends how you define this question, I get. But Rob, who'd you put for most improved forward? 
Look, I put Joffa just because last year I could have lived with or without him in the team. I felt like this year we we couldn't not have him in the team. He was that vital, and 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 especially from the leadership point of view, um, the his hard running, his defence. I, I can accept that I might have got it wrong there because when you think about it, Fanua Pole was totally untried in NRL, so he's mm. literally got the only way was up, and he kind of made a name for himself when he came in. He, he was making you know consistently over 30 tackles, even in limited time and, and, and you know, ran the ball hard. Um, we'll be better for it next year. So, look, all, all the guys that have been mentioned have improved. But, yeah, I, I might have got it wrong there. But I just thought Joffa went from a okay first grader to, you know, someone that he's a bloody good first grader. As who would you put? I I put Twole. <clears throat> I was one of the people who voted for Twolly. Um Obviously, it's it's very difficult to improve the defensive tackling machine that he is. But from the the standpoint of his attack, I he came on in leaps and bounds. Like he had an offload, he made pretty good post contact meters in his runs. I really hope that next year he's uh, he he's in the starting forward pack and can improve even more, um, add another dimension to his game. I probably would have voted for Joffa, but I tried to not double up on players in the in this because obviously it can I feel like it can be kind of easy to say this player was the best player this season they were because they were the most improved so I wanted to try and shake it up a little bit by having a few different names there so yeah I I voted Twally I quite like him um Mr 99% I think he is uh, around the club and I'll uh, I'll make sure I'm hashtagging try for Twall every game he plays next year hmm Magic round next year, maybe ours. <laughs> Might have to do that in the preseason survey again. Yeah. Uh, most disappointing forward for 2022, Peachy, who I decided to put in forwards rather than backs. So, um, yeah, he. I think he played more games off the bench as a utility. So, um, Kelma Tuolagi, not far behind him with 23.9. Uh, Stefano, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you an injury is disappointing. So again, it's how you um how you how you read the question, I guess. And then ten point six for Luciano Leilua, and I guess leaving the club is disappointing as well. Eight uh, percent for Zane Musgrove. Uh, as who did you go for in most disappointing forward? Yeah, I went with the majority. I said Peachy. Um, back to the the early season form, um, his comments that he made before round two game, I was just, it really took me away from the player that he could have potentially been. He just, he wasn't a leader. I don't know why he was in the leadership group. So I thought he was by far the most disappointing player in the forwards. And I'd go so far as saying the most disappointing player in the team. Rob? Josh, I cannot remember who I voted for. (laughs) (laughs) And what's worse is I'm looking at all these choices on the graph and I still can't, I'm still not jogging who I voted for. So I got no idea, guys. There were, there were too many that disappointed me. I, I got big raps on Jake Simpkin. I, I don't think he lived up to it, although he had a great game against Para uh, before coming off injured. Um, Safarth, I thought, could be a lot better. He does try hard. He wasn't great. Um, obviously, Little, uh, Musgrove. There's so many there, but I actually can't remember who I voted for, to be honest. Uh, I could look it up, but that's all right. 
It'll probably be a, a player I haven't mentioned. <laughs> uh, who's your Who's currently your favourite West Tigers player? Now I left off um, Appy and Papa because I wanted to talk about players that are uh, here this year. But who else was it going to be other than Jackson Hastings with forty six point one percent, and then Adam Dwayhe twenty four point three percent. In a distant third, Jonathan Gowie, 7.8%. Five votes for Dane Laurie. Four votes for Brett Naden. That's a little bit surprising. But um, Alex Twole got six. Twole is pretty popular. I can kind of get that. Uh, What else we got? A couple for Pohl. A couple for Brooksy. Good on you, Brooksy. One for Stafford Toa. It must have been Stafford Toa's... um, yeah, a, fr- a friend or a relative. He's given him a vote again. But um, Ken Marlowe, a couple. Luke Garner, one. And a couple for Steph. So there's no wrong answer. Well, there's no wrong answer in any of them. But uh, who'd you go for in this one, Has? Yeah, I, I went the easy option. I said Jacko. I just love the passion he's brought to the team this year. He's spoken so candidly um, in all the interviews he's done. He, he just... He seems wise beyond his years after after his earlier incidents um, here in the NRL. I think the trip to the Super League really did him a world of good. He's come back a considerably better player, a considerably considerably better person as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying what Jacko's bringing to the club, and I hope he can stick around for a bit. He's um he's already shown some pretty solid commitment to getting his knee right potentially for the world. Well, he's well, no, not his knee, his hamstring. Was it hamstring? Whatever it was, he's he's uh, spent a lot of time getting it right, and he's already out of his moon boot. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he does get to play for England. Um, yeah, go go Jacko. And I I just say that the votes for Twally might have come in from the the blokes over at um, NRL Roast. They seem to be on the on the Twally bandwagon over there. <laughs> well, I hope they voted in our poll. That'd be pretty, that'd be nice of them. Uh, Rob, I think last year I assumed that you were going to put Adam, but uh, you ended up putting – I can't remember who it was. You put – I was assuming it was Adam, but it wasn't. Who did you go this year? Dude looks like Dwayne. I went Adam Dwayne. Okay. <laughs> he, and I, I think it's just a personal preference, Josh. I don't, it doesn't mean he's the best player or whatever. No, um, that's, that's and, not what this question bit, is. Yeah, yeah, a, a bit of it goes back to last year. I love the fact that he loves the team. I love it when we're doing well at or or going bad. He's trying to g the troops up, you know, coming off at halftime and giving them a slap on the bum or or whatever the case may be. I just think he loves the club and yeah. Um, and it's actually what bothers me is the fact that he still hasn't been offered a contract yet by the Tigers and and I know his camp are bitterly disappointed that he hasn't been approached yet. So. Um, I, I hope he's part of our club for a long time, but uh, yeah, he, he's my favourite player. But I, I get why people love Jacko, why people love Twally, Dane. I, I love Brent Naden. I, I said last week on the show, Brent Naden has just bought into this club, and, and he loves to be a West Tiger. So I just, I just want to, I want to love people that love the Tigers. That, that's all I really give a shit about, to be brutally honest. And and all those blokes, they do love the Tigers, but you know, I guess it's just who your fan favourite is. There'll be people there that love an offer you know they'll be it's just mm. it's just a personal thing but yeah I, I love adam i love the passion that he shows he wears his heart on his sleeve um yeah so he's my favorite 
Who who was your favourite player growing up, Rob, back in the day? Oh gosh, I'd be showing my age there, man. When I was when I was That's about four, four years of age, I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll be hearing names you've never heard of. I love Bobby Smithies. Um, I love Len Colleen. Uh in the seventies. I love Wayne Wigan, Wayne Miranda, Greg Cox, Brian Lockwood, David Topless. And then you get to the 80s era, Gary Jack, Gary Bridge, Wayne Pierce, Ben Elias, Steve Roach, David Brooks. Like it was just, it was just the most Ben Elias. It was just the greatest era to mm. be a part of. Not, not too many from the 90s. I like Bubba Kennedy, obviously, like Ciro. Um, yeah, but so, so many players I love, mate. Like it, it was just a, you know, even though we didn't do great in the 70s, I, I love the Tigers. Uh, for me, being, uh, I played footy in uh, the late or mid to late 90s to early 2000s. Darren and I played hooker. So Darren Center uh, was my favorite player. As Yeah. Well, I, I, got age, a good, so. I got a good Darren Center for you, a Darren Center story for you, Josh. So in the 2005 grand final, he was sitting in the seat directly behind me. Mm. And when Benji did the magical flick pass to Paddy Richards and Paddy Richards dives over in the left-hand side, I get this bear hug from behind and he throws me up in the air about a thousand feet <laughs> and uh yeah we, we cool. had a good we had a good moment when that try was scored and then i, I look over in the second half and suddenly he's on the field he's working his way <laughs> seat behind me on the field looking for the glory so yeah, yeah. it was very <laughs> similar because didn't keith barnes didn't he retire the year before he retired in 68 didn't he the Correct. year before so before darren center retired Darren Center retired in 2004, so I just thought it was kind of, um, I saw it was kind of uh, ironic. It's not really ironic, is it? Coincidental, spooky. I don't know. I don't know the uh, adjective I'm looking for there, but just funny yeah. how they, um, yeah, both Balmain, yeah. Balmain guys kind of missed the premiership by one year, but. Well, even I mean, Tim Sheen's tried to talk um, Scott Sattler out of retirement the year before. And, and, you know, so Scott Sadler had the chance of winning a comp with the Tigers as well, yeah. even though he won one with Penrith. So, yeah, things things like that happen. Yeah. Uh, he also has the same birthday as me. It's another reason why I like Darren Center growing up. Uh, as who was your vote on – no, I got you a vote. Who was your um, favorite player growing up as a Tigers fan? Um, yeah, my sample size as a Tigers fan isn't as great as you guys. I didn't really start following until – um, 2014, 2015, primarily, but I was watching the grand final with dad, um, back in 2012 up in Queensland, um, on the little TV he bought, he took with us while we went on a camping, a family camping trip, uh, to a caravan park up there. And I just remember being in awe watching like little 12 year old me was in awe watching Benji Marshall flick past to Patty Richards. And yeah, that was, it was beautiful. Benji. <laughs> There'd be, yeah, there's so many kids uh, of that. Uh, I mean, I was an adult through the Benji era, but how many, I guess, kids that are 10-ish years, 10 behind me, that Benji Marshall, and how many fans uh, he would have picked up for us. There'd be a, a ton of kids that would be West Tigers fans when their parents aren't because of him. And that's, I've said it before, if we don't get some sort of glory, where there's, there's so many kids that just aren't going to be uh, West Tigers fans, little little Lachlan, 
He's he's one of a kind because he's loyal to his team. But kids just aren't like that anymore. They they jump on winners. They they follow other sports and they jump on players like superstars. They follow LeBron's. They don't follow a franchise or they'll jump on um, Ronaldo and the soccer. They they jump on winners. They kind of grown up in an era where they get everything they want through technology when when they want it. So yeah, they they're kind of not like us. Uh, growing up, I, I sound like I'm old now, Rob. But um, <laughs> kids, kids jump on winners now. So, I mean, even when I was a kid, people started following um, Newcastle and Manly a lot in the '90s because they were good. I grew up in an area that wasn't was kind of in between Sydney uh, and Newcastle, so there wasn't really a location attachment, but. Um, a lot of people jump on the Newcastle Knights up on the Central Coast during that time. But that, that's the big thing about home grounds, Josh. If you can get to see your team play every second week, you get an emotional mm. attachment to it. So even if I said I don't want to follow the Tigers anymore, I couldn't do it. I've been to so many Tigers games, you know, in the last fifty years. Seriously, whether it's Balmain or West Tigers, it's ridiculous. And you know, you're talking about Lockie. Like Lockie's blessed that his parents take him to every game. So even if he wanted to change, which he never would, he's he's too passionate. But even if he wanted to change teams. You wouldn't like he, he's when you go through hard times like what he's going through this year and, and probably the last few years as a supporter is what for me as a Balmain fan I went through in the early seventies like I, I wasn't even in in Australia in nineteen sixty nine we had to we happened to be on a family holiday so I didn't even know that we'd won a premiership and we didn't have you know things televised overseas and what have you so all I knew was West Tigers coming last and being a little sook after every game and crying every time we lost and going through those hard times so. When we finally made a couple of semis in the late 70s and then had that, you know, what was a Balmain glory run in the 80s, like it was, it, it just made it all all worthwhile. But yeah, you, you're right. I mean, people that are just watching it on TV and, and get their fix from that, they might not have that emotional attachment. They might say, well, stuff this, I'm going to follow another team. Like we haven't made finals for 11 years. So it's just, it's just up to how entrenched your roots are to following the team. But I'm a bit like what you're saying in NFL and NBA. Like, I kind of go with favourite players. I really don't mm. have an attachment to a team because I haven't been at NFL games. I haven't been at NBA games. So it doesn't matter for me. There's no real deep feeling there. But, yeah. but with, rugby, with rugby league, when you go to games, you, you just it's tribal. You feel a part of it. Yeah. yeah I, I support all the Colorado teams through who I started going through the Nuggets and kind of just decided to jump on that city because I, I kind of like the the underdog not that the Denver Broncos are really an underdog franchise but um I don't know I don't mind I don't I don't see how people get joy how to like jumping on the brawn or jumping on someone and riding that high without like kind of going through the lows at first so when people ask me who should I go for in NFL or NBA or something I always try and think of a team that's kind of like uh, on the on their way up, they're not at the top. Like if someone said, "Who do I like?" I wouldn't say LA Rams or uh, Golden State Warriors or something to follow. Like pick someone. Um, when it comes to American sports, it's smart to pick someone in the West in terms of NFL because you don't have to get up as early in the morning. But pick someone. They're on their way up, but they're not like at the top because a especially in American sports, they'll come back down again and you'll be tested. But wouldn't you rather – you want to go up that hill, not just go straight at the top. Like, you kind of want to earn it. I don't know. That's what sport is 
for me. All Benjamins are like Detroit Lions fans. Uh, they, they might come. Yeah, but see, um, Josh, for me, I, I love the 49ers, okay? Like, I loved them all my life. I love the Joe Montana era. I love the mm. Steve Young era. And then I was watching a 49ers game versus the Seattle Seahawks. And I was cheering for the 49ers. And by the second half, I was cheering for this little bloke, like five foot nine quarterback, undersized quarterback called Russell Wilson. And I just thought, I'm kidding myself. I actually want this Russell Wilson because to me, he was like the NFL equivalent of Benji Marshall. He was just, he just run around in circles and dodged yeah. defense. He was just like a Ahead little of his time. And yeah. And I just thought, I love this guy. I love watching this guy. So I started cheering Seattle. And now, as you know, Russell Wilson has joined your team. And I'll be I'll be cheering a bit for the Broncos this year, the Denver Broncos, because I love Russell Wilson. So, you know, I'm not going to kid myself and say I'm a 49er when I'm cheering for the other team, and that that's how I feel about Russell Wilson. I I just love watching him play. So yeah, he smacked the Broncos. Twenty well, the 2014 Super Bowl, he smacked us. Um, yeah, pretty bad. Um, Kim said, started following Balmain in '66, and although always follow the Tigers, it's in my DNA. So that's the same. For you and I, Rob, like the yeah. Tigers to us, Balmain and now uh, West Tigers, it's it's a family thing. So exactly. both my grandfathers are Balmain, your dad's like my dad's Balmain. So when it comes to obviously American sports, there's no family attachment for most of us. But for the Tigers, I've said it before on the show, the Tigers are family to me. So yeah, I, 100% I'm a fan like Kim that... Uh, yeah, the the Tigers is beyond a football team to me. Like my my family and Balmain and West now West Tigers, it's like entrenched in our family. It's a massive part of it. it um, yeah, through my grandfather's, it's yeah, it's beyond being. That's why they'll always be. I love my American sports, but yeah, like the Tigers are just part part of who I am. Because it's part of my family. So again, if you just jump on a winner, I don't know. Just I don't know. Everyone everyone has their thing, but that's just that's that's my rant. No, you're right. <laughs> hey guys, Josh here after the show's been recorded. Look, our discussion went for so long tonight that we decided to split the episode into two parts. So the second part where we'll discuss the uh, things like who should be captain. Uh, who should be the halves and where should we spend our money, your favourite games, least favourite games and that sort of thing will be in the second half of the episode which will release on Thursday. So we're going to tease it out a little bit and make you guys wait a little bit longer. Our Patreon members will put the whole episode as one uh, up on Patreon. But um, yeah, for everyone else, please yeah join us again on Thursday when we finish the rest of this survey. For listening to another episode of the West Life podcast. As always, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues Club and as well as MG Pump Solutions. If you could please subscribe if you'd love to hear us again, we're going to have episodes every twice a week, every week this season, Mondays and Thursdays. So we're going to, as the season rolls in, uh, be sure to catch us every week. And if you can, give us a like on the socials, so at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, search for Westlife Podcast on Facebook. And if you'd like to take part in the show, 
uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. It's just a couple of bucks a month to help grow the show. We'll see you again next time on the Westlife podcast.